First John chapter 5 verse 11. All right. And this is that testimony. God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who possesses the son has that life. He who does not possess the son of God does not have that life. Okay, so there's a testimony. God gave us eternal life. Eternal means it doesn't stop. It just goes on forever. Eternal means there's no end. Okay, so it's outside of time. Because time only becomes relevant when you need when there's an end, you need to calculate how much time goes by because there's an end to it. If there's no end to time, it's not even necessary to, to count it. Yeah. Why count it if there's no end? If you have all, if you have no limit of money, you're not going to count the money. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to pay whatever needs to be paid. It doesn't matter how much it costs because there's no limit. Okay, so eternal means there's no end to it. So this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life. This life is in His Son. He who possesses the Son has that life. He who does not possess the Son does not have that life. So I'm telling you about something that you have. This is something that God has given you the moment you received Christ into your life. So, God gave us eternal life. The life is in Christ. In His Son. If you have Him, you have the life. The eternal life. Okay? Verse 20. And we have seen and know positively. That the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight progressively to perceive and, and come to know better and more clearly Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. This man is the true God and life eternal. Okay, so if you have Jesus, you have life eternal. Alright. So, John chapter 3 verse 16. What does it say? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him might not perish. So He qualifies it. Not perish, but have eternal life. Who? Those who believe in His Son. Those who receive Him. They have the life. They will not perish. They will have eternal life. Okay. So, how has it been understood? It's been preached like this. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So that whosoever believes in Him might not go to hell but go to heaven if we 
are in the Son, we have life. We are one with Him. So Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Okay. So we have entered a place of rest with Him. We are one with Him. He is the head. We are the body. In Him is this life. Okay. So should my body die? Will I go to heaven? For sure. Because I am with Him. So I am with Him right now. So if my body dies, I'm just with Him. But if I never received Him, I'm not in life. If my body dies, I'm not with Him. So I don't have to travel somewhere after I die. I'm just with Him or I'm not with Him. He who has the Son has eternal life. Okay, now it's, it's like this. If you live with Christ and your body dies, you will be resurrected. Okay? If you live with, without Christ and your body dies, you will be resurrected. Some will be resurrected to eternal life in Christ, but some will be resurrected to eternal damnation. Alright. So, where you are, the, the spirit that's manifested, where you are spiritually, that which you are carrying in you, that's where you are. In the, do, you, do you see what I'm So you're either in death or in life. You're either in darkness or you're in light. Yeah. Okay? So in the presence of God, the presence of God is heaven. Yes, yes, yes. So we are born again into His presence. So we are with Him, born again into His presence, and where He is, there is life. Those who are not born into His presence, they are not yet made alive. They are still in death. So all people were dead, although their bodies were alive. Okay? All people were dead, although their bodies were alive. But if someone now believes in Jesus, he receives the Son. He receives eternal life. So even if your body dies, your body will be resurrected, you will live eternally with Christ. With other words, what I mean with live is alive, not dead. What the revelation. (laughs) With that I mean, okay, here I am, I'm alive. Okay. There are those who died in Christ. They will be made alive again in a body. Their bodies will be raised from the dead. Then they are alive on earth. Okay? So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So, what God wants to do is He wants to bring that eternal life that is already in heaven. He wants to manifest it completely in the seen realm. So, the earth is now full of destruction and death. Even animals die. Animals kill each other and eat each other. People even kill animals and eat. 
There are, and please, it's fine. Don't now become a vegetarian. God gave us animals as food. It's fine. But there is a scripture that says the lion and the lamb will, will lie together. The lion will eat grass. That's not metaphorical. <laughs> there will be a time where there is no death at all. Okay, creation is sighing and groaning. Romans 8 verse 19. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. For the creation, nature, was subjected to frailty, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subject, who so subjected it, yet with the hope that nature itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. Just there in verse 20, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him. That him is in the amplified capital letter. But it was Adam who subjected nature to frailty, not God. God made nature without any bondage. Adam was made a ruler over nature, and Adam listened to the devil. Okay? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ come, has come to give life in abundance. Alright, so Adam was the one that subjected nature in Genesis. Alright, so now, creation is now waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And they are waiting to enter into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. Now, who are the sons of God? Those who are born of the word. Okay? Those who receive the word, they are born of the word. So, that is John chapter 1. Uh, he came unto his own, his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him, gave he the power to become sons of God, as many as believed on his name. So if, there's, if you believe in him, you're a son, according to John 1, verse 12. Okay? So First uh, Peter 1 says, uh, We were born not from a mortal seed, or a word, but from an immortal seed. So then he says, and this seed is the word. This, we are born of the word. This word is the good news. So we are born again of an immortal seed, which is the ever-living word of God. And this word is the good news that has been preached to you. So if we hear about the Son and believe Him, we receive the Son, we are born again, and then we are called sons of God. Sons are those who has the Son of God inside them, the seed or the Word. Those are the sons of God. Now creation is groaning, creation is waiting for the sons of God to be manifested. 
Creation wants to enter into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. So creation is waiting for us to understand we are sons, for us to start showing or manifesting the life that we have in the Son of God. Creation is waiting to be set free from bondage and decay. Bondage to decay. So that they can enter. So who will be first? The sons. Those who believe. What will happen then? Oh, creation will be set free from bondage to decay. Alright? Creation will be set free from bondage to decay. Alright. So, this world as we see it now is under bondage to decay. This world as we see it now is temporal. It will, we will not see this world forever. Peter says it will be rolled up. It will be destroyed. So, the world that we see that are subjected to frailty will be recreated and there will be a manifestation of a different scene realm, a different world where creation is set free and enters into the liberty of the sons of God. Jesus died on this earth. Jesus was raised from the dead on this earth. He was the seed. He came, He made the Father known here. This is the playing field. The playing field is not somewhere else. We are not waiting to be snatched away and go away from this place so that God can give it over to the devil. Creation is not waiting for the false prophet. Are there false prophets? Yes, there are. Creation is not waiting for the Antichrist. The Antichrist is already in the world. 1 John 4 says it. It's the spirit of Antichrist which is already in the world. We are not waiting for the Antichrist. It's already here. We are waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Creation is not waiting for the rapture. Creation is not waiting for demons. Creation is not waiting for destruction. All this stuff is already here. Creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made known. So that they can enter into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. So that they can be set free from bondage to decay. So if we realize we have been given eternal life in the Son. This life is in Him, in Christ. This is our life. We shall not perish but have eternal life. Yes, it is true. If we perish, we'll be raised again. Okay. So let's read a few scriptures. Romans chapter 8. Let's start at verse 9. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay? So we need the Holy Spirit to be born again. We need the Holy Spirit to be part of Him. Verse 11. But if Christ lives in you, 
then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. Okay. So here's a human body. Although his body is dead by reason of sin and guilt. Okay. So death, death is manifested in his body. So people get sick, people die. So this life that they have is temporal. Okay? Death is manifested. There's sickness, there's pain, there's all kinds of stuff. By reason of sin and guilt, Romans 5 verse 12 says, Sin entered into the world, and death through sin. So by reason of sin and guilt, his body is dead. Adam. He was made without sin. Although Adam did not eat from the tree of life yet, he was a natural life but without sin. He would not have died if he did not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God said, if you eat that, then you will die. So death only came in when they tasted of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? So sin entered through Adam. Death through sin. So death was manifested. Now, natural life in Adam, the body is dead by reason of sin and guilt. Alright? Verse 10. But, if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by re reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. Aha. Uh -huh. So now this guy has ears. So the word goes, enters his heart, and there is now life inside. The spirit inside him is alive. Why? Righteousness imputed. So we get a living spirit inside of us when we hear the following. Your sins are forgiven. When we hear the following words, uh, you are declared righteous. You are justified by grace. You believe in the grace of God. You believe in the cross. He died for your sins. His blood washed you clean. You are righteous. So we believe as Christians, righteousness are imputed. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. So we receive the righteousness by imputation. It's given as a free gift. That's the whole of Romans chapter 5. Okay. So those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life. So first it says in Romans 5 verse 17, uh, though death came in, death reigned through Adam, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life. It says here, for if because of one man's trespass, Adam, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. 
Okay. So righteousness is imputed. The spirit inside made alive. So now the body is still dead by reason of sin and guilt, but the spirit inside is now made alive because of the word of forgiveness, because of the blood of Christ. Right. Verse 11. Now he says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay. Now this spirit is alive in me. It's the Holy Spirit of God. This Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. Now if this Holy Spirit dwells in us, he will restore to life, quicken our mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in us. So how will this life come? Hear and believe the word of life. Hear and believe the gospel. Okay. Body is dead by means of reason of sin and guilt. Spirit inside alive. In the unseen. Spirit is unseen. Because of righteousness that is imputed to me. So, I receive the Holy Spirit by faith. I receive the Holy Spirit by grace because I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Washed clean. Spirit inside me is alive. And if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me, He will restore to life my mortal body through the Spirit who dwells in me. Do you see how it works? He saves you from the inside out. He saves you because He gives you the Spirit who brings life to you, to your body, that life-giving spirit now dwells in you and he starts to give you life. So, we have like a window of opportunity. If this is a timeline, you're born here. You have a window of opportunity. Say that's a natural life. If in this natural life, I year and year and year and this spirit brings life to my body, then this natural life gets extended. It gets pushed further. Until we get to a place where we don't die anymore. So, it needs to be manifested from the unseen to the seen. It needs to be, the boundaries needs to be pushed. This happens when we stop looking to the things which are seen, but we look to the things which are unseen, which is the Spirit. We insist on the word instead of looking at what we can see, what we can experience. The Spirit of God is life. We have received this life because we have received the Son. He who has the Son has that life. It's not something you don't have. But that life is in the Spirit and the Spirit is unseen. It needs to be manifested and it will be manifested by faith. So how will the sons of God be manifested? Oh, easy. The Spirit of God manifests in our life. We disappear, but He appears. Okay, so this is the purpose of your life. To manifest Christ. To show Him in your body. To make Him visible. The purpose of your life is not to change yourself. The purpose of your, no, your life is not to score heaven points. No. The purpose of your life is to, to disappear.
and he appears in his body it's now his body because his spirit dwells in this body so jesus manifested the father john 1 18. no one has seen the father but jesus has come to show him to manifest him okay so in john chapter 14 they ask him philip asks him jesus show us the father jesus says have i been with you so long and yet you do not recognize me philip if you have seen me you've seen the father why because jesus came to show the father so you read john 5 6 and 7 and he says i do nothing except what i see my father do I say nothing apart from what he sent me to say. So all I'm doing, Philip, is to show the Father. So don't you, don't you recognize the Father? So Jesus came to show the Father. Colossians 1 verse 15. Now he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. Okay? For it was in him that all things were created. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying or the radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, the propelling, propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. When He had by offering Himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, there is the imputed righteousness, he sat down at the right hand of, of the divine majesty on I. Okay, so Ephesians says we are seated with him there. Alright, so he is the exact likeness. He's the sole expression. So if you have a sole mandate, if you're an estate agent, you have a sole mandate to sell the house, only you can sell that house. Yeah, the sole expression, it's, uh, you're the only one that's expressing the Father. So Jesus is the sole expression of the Father. So only Jesus can show the Father. Okay, but now I'm one with Jesus. So now Jesus will show the Father in me. Jesus will show me the Father. And Jesus shows the Father in me, through, through me. So that's the point of our lives, is to live so closely with Him that His life will be made manifested so that we disappear but He appears. A body, you can see a body, but Gerrit's not there. But Christ is there. That is Christianity. Okay, let's read a few scriptures. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Listen to this one. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died so no more you <laughs> and your new real life is hidden with christ in god okay so it's unseen this life we have in christ is unseen it's hidden with christ in god it's hidden with christ in god now let's read on when christ who is our life so our life is hidden in Him, but He is our life. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in the splendor of His glory. Okay. So here is this guy. This guy received the Spirit of God. 
So the world, now because the Spirit of God is doing a work in this guy's life, he's starting to look different. So all the other people look at him and they are very sad because he changed so much they don't recognize him anymore. So as far as they are concerned, he died. But his life is hidden with the Spirit in him, with Christ in God. Okay? So now when Christ appears in him, he will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So it works like this. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and yet I live. But it is not I who live, Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Therefore, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So when do I not frustrate the grace of God? When I realize I don't try anything because I died and he's living. And now his life is shown. So the more he shows himself, the less I'm seen. The more he shows himself, the more I'm hidden. So I get hidden and he gets to be shown. Christ is seen, Herod is not, not seen anymore. Because he's taken out, he's gone. Died. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. And just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and after that the judgment, even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin nor deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly and constantly and patiently waiting for and expecting Him. Just as it is pointed once for, for men once to die, even so Christ, having been once offered to take up upon Himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, once, once for all, will appear a second time not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, patiently waiting for and expecting. So we are the body of Christ. So Christ comes and He appears in His body. And He brings us to full salvation. Okay? Christ comes, appears in His body, and brings us to full salvation. Alright? So, it's appointed for men once to die. Just as it is appointed for men once to die, even so Christ died once for all. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us, because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. One died. All died. Is that what he says? Okay. It is appointed for all men once to die. Even so, Jesus, once for all, took the punishment of the Son of the world upon Him. Even so. Just as He's appointed for all men to die once, even so, Jesus, once for all, paid the punishment for sins. So, 
It is appointed once to die. One died, all died. He died for us. I have been crucified with Christ. I live, not Christ, uh, not I, but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. I live, but it is not I that live. Christ lives in me. The love of Christ urges us, controls us. Because we are of the opinion that if one died, all died. It's appointed for all men once to die and after that the judgment. Even so, it's appointed for Christ once for all to carry the burden of sins of many. And when he comes back, he comes to appear and bring us to full salvation. Not to say anything about the sin. So Jesus isn't coming back to say anything about sin. Jesus is coming back to bring us to full salvation. Yes, what about the last judgment? There is a last judgment. For sure there is a last judgment. What is the judgment about? There are those who believed in His Son. There are those who did not believe in His Son. John chapter 3 verse 17. He did not come into the world to judge the world, but that they might find salvation and be made safe and sound through Him. Verse 18. Those who believe in Him will never be judged. Those who do not believe are judged already because they did not trust in His name. The basis of this judgment is this. Light came into the world, but men loved the darkness more than the light because their works were evil. Okay, so the last judgment is not about God taking out that thick book. Yeah, you did this and this and this and this. You can't, you can't come into the pearly gates. It's not that. The question, there's one question. Did you believe in His Son or not? Yeah. Just one question. Because He died for all already. His sin has been paid. Sin has been dealt with already. So attributes of sin are all the things of the flesh that people call sin. But the sin is unbelief in Jesus. And that is death. The mind of the flesh, is, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. But the mind of the Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forever. Okay. So the point is, Jesus doesn't want to make you better and better and better and better. He wants to kill you so that he can live in you. <laughs> How did he kill you? Oh, he died for you on the cross. He destroyed the old nature. So by believing in him, righteousness has been imputed to him. And he came by his spirit and he came and lived in you. So the more we surrender to him, the more He is seen and the more we are manifested as a son of God. We do believe we are sons of God. So nice what Liba only said. She said, it's nice we are all sons, but what about to manifest? Manifest for a change. <laughs> Let's show something. How do we show something? Not by trying. We show something by letting God, by yielding to Him. Okay. All right. Right, let me just finish this point. Hebrews 10 says, It is appointed once to die. 2 Corinthians 4 says, If one died, all died. Psalm 102 verse 18. Let this be recorded for the generation yet unborn. So, that's us. Okay? That a people yet to be created shall praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from the heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the sighing and the groaning of the prisoner. Okay, remember Romans 8. To loose those who are appointed to death, so that men may declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. Men are appointed ones to die. Okay. He behold the earth from his sanctuary. To hear the crying and the groaning. To loose those who are appointed to death. So that appointment, you are loosed from it. The appointment is cancelled. Why? Because the same spirit dwells in you, restores to life your mortal body. So this, all this has been given to us in Christ in the Spirit. Yeah. Question is, will it manifest? How will it manifest? Well, it will manifest when we stop trying to change our lives by the law. Yeah. When we stop trying to please God by doing things of the law. When we live by the, stop living by the mind of the flesh and start living by the mind of the Spirit. Yeah. Because the mind of the Spirit is life, mind of the flesh is death. The more I read this book, the more I see life and death, and the less I see heaven and hell. Is there heaven? Yes. Is there hell? Definitely. I, there's no question. I'm not one of the people speaking of the, you know, the inclusion and all that. I don't believe in that. There is heaven, there is hell. But the point is, there is life in Christ, and that's what Jesus died to bring us. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25. For Christ must be king and reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Christ must be king and reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be subdued and abolished is death. Death is an enemy. The last enemy to be conquered is death. Yeah. Yes, he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Okay, but he said, those who receive the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, will reign as kings. So the more we receive the word of life, the more we receive the grace, the more we yield to the spirit of life which is inside us, the more this enemy is put under our feet. This reigning must happen. It's the kingdom. Let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Okay? The last enemy to be subdued and abolished is death. For he, the Father, has put all things in subjection under his feet. Has. All things under his feet. He must reign as king until all, until all his enemies are under his feet. The Father has put all things under Christ's feet. So what's this now? It works like this. He's reigning. He's on the throne. When we start moving and realizing we are seated with Christ, we enter the rest. We trust in what He did. And we live to know Him. It's about fellowship with Him. We live under His kingdom. So we are united with him. He is the head. We are the body. Okay. If he's the head and his enemies are under his feet, 
then the enemies are also under the feet of the body. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? Uh, I disappear, Christ appears. And his enemies are under his feet. So we need to be yielded to him. He needs to be shown in us. He needs to appear in us. Okay. He is life. Okay. Remember John 11, 25-26. Martha, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. So in, in relationship with the resurrection and the life, we will have life. Okay. Then he says... If anyone believes in me and dies, he shall live. That's true and we believe it. But if anyone remains and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? Verse 26. She looks at him, I believe you are the Christ. <laughs> Jesus wants us to live and not die. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil companionships corrupt and deprive good manners and morals. Corrupt means corruption is death. Okay? Corrupt and deprive good manners. Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober sense and to your right minds and sin no more. For some of you have not the knowledge of God. That knowledge of God is the relationship. Okay? So he says, the companionship in which we live which is fellowship with the Spirit of God. That should be our companionship, not to live with evil companionship. That brings corruption. Okay, now, let's just read from verse 48. Now, those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly-minded. Okay. And as is the man from heaven, so are those who are of heaven heavenly minded so you are either in Christ or you are in Adam and just as we have borne the image of the man of dust Adam so shall we and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven so we can bear his image but I tell you this brethren flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation and inherit or share in the kingdom of God nor does the perishable that which is decaying inherit and share in the imperishable okay just do something quick on this flesh and blood does not inherit spirit does inherit without the spirit inside us no inheritance Flesh and, blood does not, flesh and blood does not inherit. The Spirit has come. Now there's an inheritance. Okay? Alright. So, Romans 8 says, we are sons. And therefore, well, Galatians 3, we are heirs. But Romans 8 says, we are joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. That means... If I'm one with him, it's no longer flesh and blood. The flesh fades, the flower drops off. But the word of God endures forever. We are born of God. It's an eternal thing that's happening inside us. Okay? It's eternal life that's given to us. Alright. So you've changed. It's no longer temporal. It's eternal now. Alright. But I tell you this. Flesh and blood cannot uh, inherit. Take notice. I tell you a mystery. 
the secret truth. We shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed and transformed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet call. That's a message preached. Okay, the trumpet's a message. If you go to the prophets. For a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed and transformed. Okay? For the perishable must put on the imperishable. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality. Freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled. So this is still needs to be fulfilled. The manifestation still needs to come. Then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says, Death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever, in and unto victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now sin is the sting of death, and sin exercises its power upon the soul through the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. So He gives us the victory by His Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, coming to indwell us, restoring to life our mortal bodies. Okay. So there is a reality to this. And uh, it is, that reality comes to us through fellowship with the Son who is our life. With the Son who has eternal, He's a life-giving Spirit. If you have the Son, you have the life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have the life. But if you have the Son, why not enjoy the life? Why not start receiving more? Why not start manifesting more of the life that is already given to us? Bring it a bit out of the unseen into the seen. We can live and die and be resurrected or we can just or we can just live <laughs> until Christ is manifested until Christ appears until he comes again Lord Jesus we thank you for life we thank you for the life that you gave thank you that you laid down your life for us and Lord Jesus, we receive this life and we ask you to restore to life our mortal bodies. We pray that the will of God that's been described throughout the ages and generations will come to our lives and be manifested in us. Lord, here is a generation that will take your word. Here is a generation unborn that will believe what you want to do. We thank you, Jesus. We receive it and we pray that you will Use us and show your purpose and your will to the world through our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Pray that all fear will be destroyed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.